In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics, which, as of Thursday midday, is unfortunately not Donald Trump's arrest. How how have we been passing the time, gal? Sammy, we'll start with you, since we haven't heard from you for a bit. You know, I've just been uh, deep into the Vanderpump Rules scandal. (laughs) You know, if we're not going to get a president arrested uh, for the many investigations he could potentially be arrested for. I am going to I'm going to dig into some other malfeasance and it's going to be that between Tom Sandoval and Raquel Levis. Um but you know, honestly, it's frustrating this whole Trump thing because he kind of like made up this Tuesday arrest and now we're all like he set the window on Tuesday and it was never going to be Tuesday. So That's the thing we got fooled. That's been- that's the thing that's been getting me is I'm like, how many times am I going to let this man break my heart? Why? <laughs> like, of course, as the moment he said Tuesday by like the transitive property of like shit Trump says, it was never going to be Tuesday. Like there was no way that it would be true. So now I, I just feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm like, would we even have had any idea really that the investigation was this serious or what was coming if he had not truthed about this. I think that we would have heard reporting because he basically, what I understand to have happened is that he heard that the DA in New York was meeting with law enforcement in New York to figure out like the logistics of an indictment. So I think, and that meeting was supposed to, I believe, be like Tuesday or yesterday, or it's like ongoing. And I think what he did is that he heard this was happening and he knew he had to preempt it by saying, I'm getting indicted. And he gave Tuesday because he wants to make people freak out. And if you said like next Friday, it's just a little too far. Yeah. But it was never going to be Tuesday because they were hearing from a witness yesterday, uh, Monday. It just was never, you know. It was never going to be Tuesday. It was never going to be Tuesday. I think that. Well, I do think that he, uh, I don't think there's a ton of like thought behind what he posts, but I do think he posted it to like rile people up for sure. And like rile his people up, like the way he tweeted before January 6th and shit. Um, yeah, I feel like if he hadn't tweeted that, especially because I'm writing the newsletter every day, I would have been like, oh, a lot is going on. Maybe like, I think we would have definitely still been talking about like the case on the podcast probably, but it wouldn't have felt like, oh, is he going to be arrested 
momentarily. Right. And he said this over a weekend as if that like, as if the majority of his supporters can like afford a plane ticket to New York City in the next two days. It's like, I would think like, to be honest, one of the great successes of January 6th was that he gave them a lot of lead time and they made plans. And this time he was just like, it was just a little off brand. I mean, did you guys see that even Ali Alexander was like, not this time. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, apparently there were there was concern that it was going to be a trap because many of them did get arrested from January 6th. But wow. here's the thing. You're worrying about a plane ticket. All they have to do is come in on the LIRR from Long Island. <laughs> There's plenty mm-hmm. of them there. From, it's $20. Yep. Yeah. They're good. Sadly, They're we good. did they yeah. come in. the house through New York. So they are closer than I like yeah. to believe. Staten <laughs> yeah. Island Ferry just filled oh with yeah. like, overcapacity. <laughs> the ferry is just bobbling. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> maybe th- maybe that's how you take out the Trump supporters. An overflowing ferry, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. an overflowing oh, yeah. Staten Island ferry. Well, we don't have many more details about the arrest than we did last time he checked in on Monday. Uh, yesterday's grand jury meeting was canceled, and members were asked to be on standby today. I mean, should we read into that cancellation, or is this really just the pace it was always going to take? Um, like, I feel like it makes sense that the DA's office could have contacted the like the law enforcement agencies, like with a fair amount of notice <laughs> to make sure things were were ready. But I mean, I guess we saw like the barricades this week. Do we think that the timeline changed this week? Or do we think that like, honestly, we've just been making a fuss over something that has been on the same schedule it always was? I think it's a combination. Mm-hmm. The barricades, I think, were because of his tweet. Yeah, the truth, truth or whatever. I can't count. Truth. Truth. <laughs> I'm just going to call it a tweet. Like, you know what we're talking about. He, I think that's that's why the barricades are there. Plus, yeah. I think they would have put the barricades anyway um, once there was like a clear timeline for indictment. I think it's possible it changed, but not because of him. Like, I think it's changed because it changes because that's how grand juries work. You get a new witness. You need a rebuttal witness. You need to change the schedule. You need to, what's his name? Someone um, on NBC, I think it was Garrett Hake, was saying like, it could be that someone got COVID. Totally. It could be that it was something totally irrelevant. I don't necessarily think that that's likely, but I also don't think that he was going to be arrested on Tuesday and then wasn't. I think they weren't ready to arrest him yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like when I when I heard that the hearing for yesterday was postponed, there was definitely part of me that was like, oh, oh, God, did like he successfully interfere somehow in this. But I don't think that honestly, there has been enough fallout for it to like dramatically change what was already going to happen in this case. Like if people had stormed the New York like city court or something, maybe. And then he was like, it's postponed. Maybe it would be different. I mean, obviously, like, Republican politicians are against it and they're talking about it. But it's also like there is not, as far as I can tell, a enormous outcry about this trial as of right now. Maybe if he got indicted, that would be different. I'm sure, like, if he actually gets indicted, we're going to see the other side do something. <laughs> but... Well, I- um. Yeah, you can go. I think what's concerning, have them, someone, Becca, whoever's editing. I think what's concerning, though, is that the House Republicans, starting with Kevin McCarthy, they're all now, they're all now calling Alvin Bragg like a Soros-backed DA. So now we're getting, I mean, it's not actually that common that you have uh, Soros dog whistles coming from actual elected officials. Usually those stay on like 
message boards. Mm -hmm. I do think that because obviously like Soros back DA is going to apply to Fonnie Willis too, you know, whenever her thing comes out and Trump's lawyers actually filed a motion in that case that they just shouldn't release the report from that grand jury. So I think the new, I think all that this did was give them like sort of the go, like the starting gun to start their next thing, which is that these are Soros-backed DAs who are like after Trump for political reasons. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's this like kind of random Stormy Daniels thing, I think that that would be more believable for that reason. But I don't know. Where are the insurrection consequences? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, like we were talking about like how we're going to cover this and it's like we could just do a slideshow of other things he could have been arrested for. That's a mix of like the insurrection and like his terrible blending job and (laughs) and whatever. Yeah. But for now, we will have to just settle with them. I don't know. I've been really enjoying these terrible AI arrest images. (laughs) They're so funny. We're looking at just, just Google it at folks at home, but it's just like really melodramatic pictures of, of NYPD, NYPD grabbing at Trump and his, and Don Jr. and Melania just sobbing, sobbing beside him, which is definitely not going to be uh, the scene we're going to see. I mean, he's just going to look like how he always looks and we're only going to see a mugshot. We're not going to get a perp walk or do you think we will? I think he might want to do a perp Interesting. Walk. Interesting. I've heard that, but he does want to. Or at least according to the New York Times this week, he like wants to because he thinks, well, he's like thinking, uh, the article was like that he's really thinking about like what he'll do, if he'll wave, if he'll wink, like how he'll behave himself, but also that he kind of does want it because it'll be this whole big crazy spectacle thing. My note for these AI images is there's no world in which Melania is present or crying. (laughs) I don't think there's a world where she would testify. She in really his does defense. not care. <laughs> no. She's they have not talked no, this is about since an affair. they walked out of the White House. She is not going to be there in any fucking capacity. Oh, absolutely not. I could what you were saying, Elise, about like how he's deciding if he's gonna like wink or wave or whatever. I was actually thinking that about the mugshot. I was like, is he gonna look pissed or is he gonna do a huge smile? Mm-hmm. Because no matter what he does everybody's going to talk about it. Yeah, I can't believe that that is in our future. Right. Yeah. I think they're technically not supposed to let you smile in a mugshot. Like, the rule is you're really not supposed to be smiling. Yeah, and how do you know, Elise? He really yeah. smile. <laughs> Listen, um, he, he doesn't really smile in photos. All of his, like, official portraits are like, yeah, that dead on. I'm having like, a hard time picturing his teeth. No, oh, there, the, okay. Are, yeah. The only time he's ever smiled was in the photo with Sergey Lavrov <laughs> in the Oval it's Office the most genuine in 2017. Smile. That is his smiliest photo. Also, the one with Kim Kardashian with the bur- oh, that's not yeah. the one with the burgers. There's the one with the burgers. He smiled in that one too. Um, he smiled with Kim Kardashian his, his, and he hey, smiled yeah, with smile Sergey Lavrov. Like quite, quite childlike. It's very eerie. A lot of teeth. A lot of teeth. A lot of teeth. We'll, Straight teeth. We'll be eagerly awaiting that, tapping our fingers. But I just, yeah, I hope it doesn't drop on like a Saturday afternoon after I'm day drinking or something. Or maybe I do, you know, just take, take, take to the take to the platforms and react. <laughs> I could see it. I see it as like an early morning thing. Mm, yeah, that that's actually true. Definitely. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click 
gift mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com, and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Okay, let's move on to You Heard It Here, second hour news segment. So you heard it here second that TikTok CEO is on a charm offensive in D.C. this week, culminating in his testimony before Congress as we speak about potential security concerns for Americans who use the app. I'm excited to talk to you guys about this. So, so far, too, the CEO has made a number of promises about TikTok security, saying that ByteDance, the parent company, is not an agent of China or any other country, and they vow to firewall the U.S. users' data from unauthorized foreign access. And so far, Republicans have blamed the app for fentanyl coming in from Mexico. 150 million Americans have a TikTok account. That's half of us. It's the most downloaded app in the U.S. Like, I... I have friends who don't have the app yet and they're sending me reels three months later. And it's just like, how do you not have the app? It is you. You got to get the app. TikTok's parent company is ByteDance. It's a Chinese company, which is subject to Chinese law, that it would have to turn over all their data to the Chinese government if asked. And some say that that government could also order the app to collect data that it just needs for its purposes. Like, okay, you have a tracking device on all these people. This is what we need. Or, or that they could take control of the algorithm in nefarious ways. So kind of on the other hand, social media platforms themselves are not famous for being responsible with algorithms. And there are tech and security experts who say that in terms of data collection, TikTok doesn't pose much bigger of a threat than other apps. Like it's picking up a lot of the same data. But of course, a foreign government could have access to it. But again, some of those experts say that the Chinese government can get all of our data if it wants it bad enough. Like they they will do it. They can get it. They've been responsible for big hacks before. So I think before, you know, we get to the political will to ban TikTok, let's kind of talk about the nature of the threat itself. Do you guys buy that TikTok is more dangerous than the other apps and needs to be like needs they need to give more serious consideration to banning it than things like, you know, Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. I do think it is more dangerous. And it's not because of the data that it's collecting. Like you said, they are collecting our keystrokes. They're they have everything. It's you more dangerous so because because what are you yeah. gonna do? What are you gonna do? Um they <laughs> they um the the difference is that it is a foreign government that is an adversary. That's a competitor. And they, the way that that country is structured, they don't even need to ask like that nicely. Like they, like the company cannot fight giving the data if they ask for it. Firewalling it off in Texas or wherever they're saying they were going to firewall it off is not going to work because they still are owned by a Chinese, uh, you know, a Chinese tied company. So they, the government can still ask for it. And honestly, I don't think the danger is necessarily, it's not like imminent in the fact that like, oh, tomorrow, like we're going to all have this like big national security, like blackout because of it. I think it's more dangerous in like as a long-term propaganda tool to change the the perceptions of Americans. Mm. Like, for example, in this podcast, 
We are pro-America. But we say a lot of really critical things about America in it. So TikTok doesn't need to like create propaganda. All they have to do is like elevate the critical America stuff or whatever thing they, whatever uh, point they want to make, elevate that, suppress the things they don't want you to know about America. Like let's say they want to make capitalism the devil. Not that hard. You just don't surface things that are like anything positive about capitalism and you surface things that are not. So it's the fact that they can have such a really, really strong aggregate effect on like the general attitudes of Americans that is, I think, the most dangerous thing um, that we're facing with them. And again, 150 million of us all subject to the things that Sammy just said. Yeah, I I feel really similarly about the dangers too. It's like it's not really about the data collection itself. It's really more about the algorithm and their ability to like manipulate the algorithm to do certain things. Like they are you already like can't talk about a lot of stuff on TikTok. There's like a whole uh world of weird like uh language that people use there's like weird censored language that you have to use on tiktok to talk about a lot of things and like if you were to try to talk about like the one china policy or taiwan or anything that they don't like like literally the video will be removed by tiktok so that's already going on and just kind of on a basic level like obviously our algorithm the algorithms are already nefariously manipulated in certain ways but the last time a foreign government that was adversarial to the U.S., used social media to mess with us. Donald Trump was elected the president of the United States. Like, it's actually they, with TikTok becoming as popular as it is, kind of, I mean, everyone can see that it's on the trajectory to become the biggest app that everyone is on, even if it's not there now. Like, it, uh, there's just like real potential for major damage and stuff. And like, we have already seen again, what Russia was able to do just by using Facebook and like knowing about Facebook. Imagine if they owned Facebook and operated it themselves. So that is definitely, I think what the biggest like actual threat from TikTok is. You just gave me a chill, Elise. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yikes. Yeah, I think the algorithm is something that the CEO has is being pressed about a lot today. Specifically, like even you know, black creators have said for a long time that they feel like their content is suppressed, and I've noticed it. Like people that just don't blow up as quickly in terms of followers as others, and it's because that yeah, there are terms that are suppressed. If you put abortion in something, nobody's going to see it. You got to spell it weird. You have to spell everybody saying sex. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck. Uh, uh, yeah. It's like if everything is the eggplant emoji, anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, you know, let's look at what, is there anything that TikTok could kind of do to assure, reassure people yes. on the, on the algorithmic front? The only thing TikTok can do is spin it to an American owner. That is the only thing they can do because the threat is, and again, this is not meant to sound xenophobic. The threat, the actual threat is the tie to the Chinese government not to Chinese owners, like people who are Chinese citizens. It's the fact that they have to legally respond to the government. So that's that's honestly my prediction. I think there's going to be a lot of like contention. I think they're going to act like they won't spin it. But then I think at the 11th hour, when it's either going to actually be banned, if we could even get to that point, Mm -hmm. which I kind of doubt, 
if it there's actually a chance of it being banned, that would get them to spin it. But I don't know if our government will even be able to get to that kind of consensus yeah. that it would force them to do that. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, if they can continue to message, which it seems like what they're doing to the users, like you need this, this can't be banned, such that politicians are just no, no longer motivated to do anything. And that's kind of what we can look at now. So there are a number of proposals to ban or limit TikTok in Congress right now. Uh, there's one that would kind of like, I like the one that would let Gina Raimondo, the, the Commerce Secretary, just kind of like ban it if she needed to, like if something really yeah. intense happened. <laughs> I'm just by then it would be too late. That's very that's true. That's the thing. That's very true. She probably won't even be the person in that position anymore by the time that happens. That's true. So a group of federal agencies has also recently told the company that it must sell itself to an American owner in order to lo- operate long term in the US. I don't think they've given a specific timeline and that would not be a fast process. But TikTok has a different proposal. They have said like Sammy mentioned that they can simply store American users data here in the US to safeguard it and that is not super convincing. Also there are just questions about, you know, again if this would effectively prevent our data from the Chinese government and I was just reading more about like what would actually happen if this app went away and you could probably find workarounds. Like it, it could require even the Apple store to like work even harder to keep it out of people's hands. I can already see like a Twitter video with a hundred million views just telling you how to get it back or how to safeguard it. And then people are using it anyway. A group of creators supported by a few Democratic members of Congress, they were at Capitol Hill yesterday to raise the alarm. Um, under the desk news, V. Spahar was there. Some of these creators have also been tapped by the White House to help share their policy messages, which is interesting. So they really, uh, I know V brought that up. Like I have letters from the White House telling me how meaningful my work is. And they are also part of the effort to potentially make that uh, go away. So this sort of brings me to something I've been thinking about a lot. Gen Z and millennials, I think I think it's going to be like 40% or more of the voting block in 2024. I think they are they are definitely big users, although I think something TikTok's trying to point to is like, no, it's all Americans. It's not just young people that use this. But if there is a ban on TikTok under a Democratic president, do you think voters would punish Democrats in 2024? And do you think that will affect their will to intervene here? I think it would suppress engagement, to be honest. Like, I think you'd get a lot of people who are just like, they. there are more people. Are there more voters than there are people on TikTok? Or it's kind of mm. similar. Right. It's, it's about to be similar. very similar. I mean, I feel like yeah. turnout doesn't really exceed 50 percent most places. Yeah. So they're pretty close. I feel like there would be a lot of people who like the only thing the government did for them lately is not cancel their student debt, although they and said they would. But they don't know. Exactly. They don't know how that happened. And ban TikTok. I mean, this is what I know so, that the people in the party are. That is that is the doomsday c- scenario. I mean, not doomsday in terms of a policy outcome, but a political doomsday is like, that's not great. <laughs> that doesn't look great. He didn't cancel my student loans after he said he would. And now I can't use TikTok. Even though that's not a fair claim. I think that it definitely uh, would put a bad taste in the mouth of young voters. Uh, But young voters are also kind of this interesting age group where it's like, we still really need to get like youth turnout up. Millennials and Gen Z were better than like any generation before them as far as like voting younger, but they still aren't as big of a group as like the fucking boomers yeah, and shit who actually do uh as far as i know conservative people and especially like, yeah like conservative boomer retirement age people uh think tiktok is stupid don't see why you shouldn't ban tiktok they're very like susceptible to the arguments of like why it should be banned so i guess it's it would be like would it be motivating enough for young voters to like come out and punish Democrats at the polls specifically when I do feel like young voters also 
aren't particularly willing to like vote for Republicans either. I mean, right. maybe they would stay yeah. home. Right, right. Republicans are pro banning TikTok too. Well, that's They're the thing. actually it's not, started it's, this. Yeah. But they wouldn't get blamed for it. Honestly, I don't think this is going to become a problem because I think that the the people, the executives at TikTok are like capitalists. They have billions of dollars on the line collectively, and they're not going to want to lose their billions of dollars so that they can like help the Chinese government. And I have, I really, really can't see a situation in which they don't ultimately spin this to a different company. And I know you said it would take a while, but it actually wouldn't take a while because I promise there are companies right now that are like testing that that possibility. Well, I mean, for it to like be banned, like I feel like the government's going to give them some time. But yeah, but that's interesting to note that the process could happen really quickly. I have a feeling that they're already they're already exploring like if this did happen, who would be the buyer? The government is probably Musk. <laughs> God no, <laughs> he's not Elon Musk buys TikTok. No, he doesn't. He have can't afford money. it. He fucked himself. George Soros. <laughs> I kind of think the government would facilitate a deal. Maybe they would, like, give them a tax yeah, break yeah. or some shit on that, like, you know, for having to pay. Yeah. Like, I could see – I can't see a situation in which TikTok is actually, like, not going to be accessible for a long period of time at all. Yeah. Like, so I is that what you've been telling people it. who probably, like, manically ask you, is TikTok going to get banned? I tell people I don't think it will get banned, but – I also don't think TikTok is like that's safe to use. That's the other thing. It's like I feel a little weird about it. If people want to learn more, you can listen to the uh, Morning Announcements Extra Extra episode. I did a ton of research on this, and there's like so much more information on how their algorithm works and what they're taking from us and what their plans are. So if you're interested in this, check out the Extra Extra episode. Totally. But listen to it on your headphones so that your phone can't hear you listening to it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh my god I swear to fucking god it's creepy as hell like I will just be near some, I, I don't like it I don't like it but I'm still on I mean I read today that the average user uses it for 90 minutes a day and it's like I know I probably started, do but not continuously it's just so long to be on it I've started taking advantage of my phone listening to me where I will if I want some information I can't find I'll actually ask it now, <laughs> and I'll be like show me an ad for this yeah it's just long game and, Siri yeah yeah, it's like, okay, you're listening. I can't find this thing. Please tell me when you get a chance. <laughs> Whenever you get a chance. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. 
That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. All right, let's move on to our next You Heard It Here second. Did you all hear about this Gwyneth Paltrow trial? Oh, man. Yeah. This what is a weird story. so weird. So Gwyneth Paltrow, I definitely copy and pasted it. I can tell when I copy and paste because I put actress Gwyneth Paltrow as if we needed to clarify. <laughs> Although, did you see the clip where her lawyer pronounced her name wrong? No. Yeah, I missed that one. He pronounced one. it I like saw- Paltrow. And then I think he knew it. He was just nervous. But she was like st- giving him a look like, also, why does she tell me why she looks like Jeffrey Dahmer in all the pictures? I don't she know. doesn't eat. And the well, glasses yeah, look crazy. Fading, but she has the big glasses on. I I saw the clip of him being like, there's a new camera. Like, my client doesn't want the cameras on her. And them basically being like, this is a filmed courtroom. Like, this just is what it is. It's not yeah. about the fact that she's Gwyneth Paltrow or like everything's being filmed in the courtroom. Right. It's not TMZ. So. This is for this belongs to the state. <laughs> Yeah, specifically the state of Utah, where Gwyneth Paltrow has appeared in a courtroom for a civil trial after a retired optometrist accused her of crashing into him while skiing. Oh, I love pop culture. I mean, I hope this man's, it sounds like he's having a rough time. But he originally sought $3 million, but is now seeking $300,000. And this allegedly happened on the Bunny Hill at an upscale Utah resort in, I think it was September 2016. 76-year-old Terry Sanderson says that Gwyneth crashed into him on that beginner's course because he said she was looking behind her and she just wasn't looking ahead and she crashed into him. He says that she skied away and he then went to the hospital with broken ribs and a concussion. I believe it. (laughs) I'm just going to say right now, I totally believe that Gwyneth Paltrow would barrel down a bunny hill, hit someone and ski away. (laughs) I just, that just tracks for me. Where are the helmets? That's my question. I don't know Why I are know you not wearing it, a fucking it, helmet? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Idiots. I mean, maybe they were. Maybe I'm wrong. But it's if you have brain damage, what, that he seems to wear, was he wearing a helmet? No, okay. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because I would have said that like she knocked her, – her take is that actually uh, she – she says that he crashed into her from behind. She was like, I was just skiing. I was just chilling. And then suddenly there were skis behind me and that everyone sort of paused and she made sure that he was okay. Yeah, because she kept skiing. That's why he was <laughs> yeah. behind her then. Because <laughs> yeah. she didn't stop. <laughs> How do you know it was her if she didn't stop though? Uh, that's the thing. I think she was like in it. So she's like, I – I made sure he was okay. He waved off ski patrol. I left. And then I think he oh, realized he waved off ski that's what she says. And then she's like, um, and then I think he realized who I was and that I was famous and he's trying to exploit my wealth and fame to make money. But he's like, no, you crashed into me. And he says he broke multiple ribs and he says he has permanent brain damage. One of his friends took the stand to say, apparently the sky was like there the day of the crash. And he said before the crash, Terry was an outgoing, charming, gregarious person. But after the crash, He's no longer charming. <laughs> That's not He's, I mean, maybe. Did he like lose executive function from it? What it's just medical such a, it's say? just like of all the adjectives you could have said he's no longer this just well that's that's the thing I, I, I of all the articles I read there has not been I, I think there's going to be more like medical testimony I don't know if anyone's disputing that he has the injuries that he claims that he does Gwyneth Paltrow just says this isn't my fault and also like oh she's, so she's actually suing him back she's counter suing him saying that like this I, I don't know if it's specifically for defamation but she's suing him for her, her attorney fees which have to be considerable 
even though this guy can't say her name, and uh, like one dollar in damages to to make a statement. But something like weird here is like she's also having her. I know it's a civil trial, but she's having her both her kids and her husband testify. Her kids are sixteen and eighteen. I don't know. I'm I'm not. I'm just going to pay three hundred large. Yeah, but I I'm just going to pay three hundred k so my kids don't have to testify. I mean, I know it's not a a gnarly criminal thing, but I don't know. Maybe just as a family, they're like we have to exonerate our mother. She didn't crash into the old man on the bunny hill. But but this has raised some things about like there there are actually regulations here. Like are there not like there's ski law. There's not mm-hmm. law. It's more like <laughs> etiquette. It's okay. Like there's no law. I mean, it's okay. The fact that he waved off ski patrol, not great, not a great look because if he had had a record from the ski patrol, like that's why they're there. You know, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't great. It does sort of support the idea that he realized who she was and then like thought about it. Um, it, I all it's really just like rules. Like if it says slow down, like you should slow down, but like you're not liable for anything. You know, it's just like you're supposed to like mind the people around you. I think it's a little weird that this happened on the Bunny Hill, where which is generally pretty safe. That's what I think. Like, how fast <laughs> was she going that this man got so injured? And that's that's sort of what her lawyers are also saying is that like he's seventy six. And this happened seven years ago. So like seven years. So yeah, this happened in 2016. And I don't know if he was 76 then or now, actually, that that could be important. But they're just sort of like, he's aging and I didn't do this. It's also like he could have he could be aging. He fell, but like you just fell. It happened. That's what happens when you go skiing. Like you kind of are saying, I am liable for this risk because I am on a mountain on sticks. Like I'm 76. <laughs> right. Like you're you're deciding that you're gonna do that. Like, I don't think here's the thing. He's if it were just like a now. random if it were just a random woman, I don't think he'd be suing them, to be honest with you. Like he just I don't think that would be happening. Right. But do we think she crashed into him? I think she probably yes, crashed but into him. That's a risk you take. But people, that happens. Jordana crashed into me. Like yes. it's like it happens. <laughs> Sue her. Yeah, it's just like it happens. Sue her for the business. Yeah, right. I do yeah. think it would be wild to be like on a bunny hill, you get crashed into, you look up Gwyneth Paltrow skiing away, and you know that it's <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck just happened? But how would you even see? It's like the back of her head. Like maybe he saw and her she was earlier. Goggles. It's unclear. Right. I think there is a story to it. Like I think he found out after because then later that day he was like texting his daughters kind of like humorously about it. But like yeah, skiing's dangerous. I don't this fuck with skiing. This very injured man was joking yeah. on text with his daughters. <laughs> right. Okay, right. maybe it's possible, like, he saw that person drive away. She was wearing an, a recognizable coat. And then later on, she realized, oh, that's Gwyneth Paltrow, the woman who hit me. <laughs> yeah, Jane fell believe- out of her. On the way down. Yeah, I mean, I I don't see this taking, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, it's just so crazy that it's like, it's going to be eight days with all of this testimony. This is just not like the, this is not what I expected from Gwyneth after the, I only bone broth in a 24 hour period. This is also why I believe it is like, bitch probably was not conscious. She probably no. fainted and then ran into this man. She's delirious 99.9% <laughs> of the day because she doesn't eat any calories. Delirious. Goes in a hot sauna for an hour. <laughs> How does she even have like the calories to make it up the mountain? I mean, maybe that's why she's sticking to the bunny hill because she's just right. Right. She just takes a sip of bone broth after every run. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, poor Terry. I certainly think we all wish the best for him. 
Yeah. Oh, and I mean, her like kids. he was injured. Yeah. Yeah. I wish him the best from his injury. The thing is, like, you could fall down your steps and, like, hit, hit your head and your anything. This could happen. Life is dangerous. Like, if this happened to me, it would yeah. never occur to me to, to see. Unless- it's a dangerous sport. Like, you're there's certain things that you're like, unless the resort, like their lift is falling apart and then you get injured or like something they did. But like, there's, that's just the nature of the sport. Like there's other people. Yeah. Don't right. be like, like me and sometimes stop in the you middle. get into a car accident and it's nobody's fault. Like, yeah. Yeah. This feels like rich people's chicanery. Like they're just like, well, didn't you say in the newsletter that like one of his things, like, look, if he has brain damage, that's terrible. But he did say in the trial that he can no longer enjoy wine tastings, which isn't the most doctor. sympathetic. Oh, his doctor yeah, said that. I, yeah. It was like they had two doctors testify yesterday and like look at the x rays, I guess, that were taken after the injury. And they did say, like, yeah, he got fucked up from this. But one of the doctors was like, he can't enjoy it, It's very much like the quote where like he used to be charming and active yeah. and now he's no longer charming. It was like he might just be a grump. It, His it wine very, tasting like, he receptors. All, he used to be able to enjoy things like wine tastings and now he cannot. And I'm like, what? why can't you go to wine tastings anymore? Can he, he can regular go? Food? He just can't. He can't taste because of because Gwyneth pushed him over. But what about regular food? I don't like, even know if they were going to enjoy meals deeply. I think they were just trying to add color to how, you know, profoundly this is impacted. That is not yeah. good but color. But you know what? And Gwyneth's argument is why taste anything? Why? Uh, exactly. And you're her like, argument is you're either. welcome, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't enjoy wine tastings either, so no one should. <laughs> nobody. Nobody should. Ugh. All right. Now it's time for a very, very quick Republican you not because I just – this is worth mentioning. I feel like in a few weeks we're going to have to launch a new segment, which will have the sound effect. Ron, stop, because Ron DeSantis <laughs> is up again, and you know we, we all know his future. He's going to be part of our lives for the next year and a half at least. Ron, can you not expand your dumb don't say gay bill all the way up to 12th grade? The Florida Board of Education will consider a new proposal that states the following for grades 4 through 12, instruction on gender orientation or gender identity is prohibited unless such instruction is either expressly required by st- for state academic standards or is part of a reproductive health care course or health lesson for which a student's parents have the option to have his or her student not attend. So this levels up from the original don't say gay because that only went up to third grade. This goes up to 12th grade because the governor's office says there is, quote, no reason for instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity to be part of K through 12 education. I just don't know how you like how do you not talk about gender identity to 18-year-olds? Well, I think what's really going to happen in practice is that they're just going to talk about everything as if it's completely heteronormative. And it's going to be that you can't talk about anything outside of heteronormativity and boy-girl binary genders. Like, I think that's really what will happen. But this was clearly the plan the whole time. He basically said it at one point, I think, that this was like always going to be about – because the first – First, you introduce don't, don't Say Gay, and it's like, we can't have children, like, knowing mm-hmm. about sex. Like, but then, his plan was always to do this yeah, and to desensitize people to it. Well, because mm-hmm. what age are kids, like, who are minors most likely to start, like, questioning their gender identity, expressing their sexual orientation? It's really high school. I mean, there are kids who are, like... I think middle school school trans. Yeah. uh, yeah, And middle school, like who go through elementary school and transition like that. Definitely. Certainly realize that they're gay. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's, I'm not trying to say that like elementary middle schoolers don't, but it's like, 
the most likely age group yeah. to actually start the process of coming out are these teenagers. And so another kind of effect and one of the intended effects of this is that like you bar these students off from finding like a sympathetic teacher or admit like the the school cannot engage in that process. And there are so many queer kids who like didn't weren't accepted at home, but do find that acceptance in their school with a special teacher or guidance counselor or whatever. And what this law is basically doing is being like, we're not going to allow kids teenagers to like find that kind of mentorship within their school and so like yeah hopefully they've got supportive parents because it's literally illegal for them to have a teacher that will talk to them about what they're going through or whatever I mean I also wonder like if you have a non-binary kid that wants to use different pronouns is the teacher not supposed to like engage with that I think the ambiguity, I think the ambiguity is the point because it allows people to be like, no, you're, don't call it, don't say gay. It's actually very specific. But when you're a teacher trying to keep your job, you're not really gonna, you're not gonna take any chances. Right. I think it's, I think what they're trying to create is sort of like an 80s, 90s uh, awareness of, among children of, of sexuality. Because like, I'm thinking back to when, you know, I was in elementary school in like 1995, let's say. At that time, like it wasn't, everything was very heteronormative. The assumption was that you were straight and that you were the gender you presented as. I think, I mean, obviously over time that everything has become like more acceptable and you learn about that there's like these other, these other ways, these, you know, or that you might be that, that you maybe had not had the word or the language for it. But I think what they're trying to do is make everything so default to boy, girl, heterosexual, you know, sex within marriage, that they don't have an outlet for for people, like, that it becomes difficult for people to come out, mm-hmm. that they can't have, like, a nice experience, you know, where they're accepted, which is what things, from my understanding, that is kind of like what high school is like now. Like, it's not really that big of a deal to come out. I mean, I'm sure it's a huge deal, but it's not like you're the only one in your, in yeah. your whole school kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, Elise and I are back for our final segment. Are men okay? Not me. Goats, milk, latte, drinking. M&M's will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character isn't Avoc- unappealing. Avocado 
toast-eating insiders elite. That does not lend credibility to your argument. It makes you look mean. Today, I want to check in on Republican Representative John Joyce of Pennsylvania. This is a, this is a representative to the United States Congress, and John is bugging out. This man, he loves milk, and he's raising the oh, alarm about oh, imposters about. coming for our kids. Let's listen. We're going to play it. Bones, muscle, brain, and vital organs all rely on products like whole milk for healthy development the whole milk that cannot be replicated by inadequate imitations that are found in plants and in nuts. Our students deserve better than these fraudulent products, and we cannot allow almonds or soy to be passed off as dairy to American families. It is time to ensure that whole milk is once again available in every school cafeteria. It is time to pass legislation like the Dairy Pride Act and the Whole Milk for Healthy Kids Act that will support, support families, support the growth of students, and support our dairy farmers. Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and I yield. Okay, so we have a sentiment and we have some some melodrama. The beginning of that to me yeah. sounds like the, the the trailer for Yellow Jackets, organs, <laughs> bones. bones. So this man <laughs> is um he's discussing the Dairy Pride Act and just you know I don't know that much about him, but I do know he has an R next to his name, and they're not really that supportive of Pride. But I guess until it comes to dairy, dairy. but he is really really unhappy with milk substitutes. I have never heard anyone this worked up about milk substitutes. It is very funny to like be visibly angry about almond milk and like the presence <laughs> of almond milk and whatever. You know what? If you're a Republican or any senator from a dairy state, fine. Yeah, represent the in- interests of dairy farmers in the Senate. That's your right. That's probably why this what they sent you there partially to do. The dairy industry is actually fucked up, but whatever. <laughs> That's yeah, we're going to get to that. But to really take this like angry and threatened posture is very very funny when like there also is a world where he's just like we have a dairy industry that's important in this country. Here are some health benefits of drinking milk. I think that a lot of people are lactose intolerant now and you can get those things from other things. But whatever. To make the case in such an impassioned way is so funny. It is. It seems like there's something else going on. This is a bipartisan bill. The Dairy Pride Act prohibiting milk alternatives or plant-based products to be marketed or misbranded in a similar way to regular dairy products. So lawmakers say that current FDA rules allow plant-based products to use terms like milk, cheese, and yogurt incorrectly. It's depending on your grocery store. Like the almond milk will either be with the milk or it'll be in like a special plant-based section. Again, like I know when I go to like yeah, like sometimes at the grocery store, they'll put the dairy-free cream cheese in a dairy-free section, and sometimes it's by the regular cream cheese. And basically, lawmakers are like, that ain't right. These things need to be totally segregated. The plant-based options, because the plant-based options, basically their concern is that they don't have the same nutritional benefits. I mean, like my almond milk, I, it definitely doesn't have the same nutritional benefits as milk. I'm not, I'm not a milk bitch. I'm not drinking glasses of milk. That's not yeah. my, that's not my, that's not my Maybe like long ministry. term or whatever, but the immediate risk that drinking a <laughs> glass of milk poses to like my ability to go through my day is way. Oh, and why aren't we considered in this? But dairy farmers, this is sort of interesting because like, I think I support our nation's farmers and think that they need more help. But just something sort of interesting here is dairy farmers are like, 
this needs to happen because we have a marketing problem. Like all of these plant-based alternatives from all of these like startup-y cool companies have such a marketing edge and people think their stuff is milk and we like can't get ahead of that. And the Dairy Pride Act is like, you know, we're going to try to make that so they can't say milk and cheese so that we can equal the playing field. And I'm just thinking that if Republicans want to equal the playing field and make lunch, make, make lunches better for kids in America, there is so much they could do. Well, yeah. Also, it's just funny because like when Michelle Obama was like, you should eat a vegetable. They were like, don't tell me any of that. You can't tell me what to eat. Get out like, it's like so crazy. It's, it's like just very funny to be like, but now we're going to make it so that everyone has to drink milk. Yeah. Um, Joyce but, also I said mean, at I was just wondering, like, do they want like almond milk will still be able to call itself almond milk. So I I, I think like they don't – I think it's like we will always call it almond milk. Like the jig is up. Yeah, but, but even it already, like, Yeah, like almond, almond beverage. Almond beverage. <laughs> yeah. Like – and some of them already do. I feel like some already say like oat beverage. Um, yeah. But it's funny because also like in our intro to this segment, we do have a clip of Senator John Kennedy complaining about goat's milk latte drinking uh, millennials. So I'm not really sure what what they want from us. Again, it's like, this is all great. Kids need milk to grow. Uh, the intense demonization of plant-based alternatives does make me wonder if this man is okay. I think he yeah. should probably talk about this. Uh, I think he should probably discuss whether this is some misplaced rage. One note here is that Joyce said at another event that uh, only milks from, this is a quote from Representative Joyce, from a lactating mammal should be at the dairy counters. <laughs> so then goat's milk would be okay. Goat's milk would be fine, right? So I think there's some ideological inconsistencies here. It's just funny because I cut this part of Republican, you not, but they also want to like make you specify in Florida schools how sperm works, and it's like you guys are the ones that say the Psycho. dirtiest shit. Stop. Be quiet. Very weird. It's very weird. Very weird. Very weird. I don't think they're okay. I don't think they are okay. That is our show for now. We will be back Monday. Uh, fingers, fingers crossed. There is a big headline to discuss, but we will be here to discuss it whenever it comes. Until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman for Sammy Sage and Elise Morales. This is the Betches of Podcast. Bye. The Betches of Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sasmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sasmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.